This episode of Let's Think On It comes from an excerpt from O Brother Radio with Will Lockamy, Reed Lockamy, and Dr. Mark Westfall. Today is almost the one-year anniversary of when the election took place. Of course, I guess today is the 9th, so yesterday would have been the one-year anniversary. And last year, on the 10th, we did a special O Brother where we talked about it with Dr. Mark Westfall. So now we're going to kind of revisit all that, um, kind of recap where we are a year later, just see how it all goes. So now, let's welcome to the show Dr. Mark Westfall. What's have that? you on, Will. Good. Good. Thanks for having me back, dude. Of course. Yeah. Listen, read today. I know, I know. I'll see if I can speak for him, which is not possible. <laughs> not possible at all, but I'll do my best. Um, of course, every time we do these segments with Dr. Mark, you can find them online wherever you find podcasts under the name Let's Think On It. So this one will be no different. Uh, in fact, you can go back and find that one from a year ago. I suggest that people do. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was November. It was a day or two. It just happened to be a day or two after the election. I think it was November 10th. And uh, we kind of put it together hastily. Um because of the election results. We're like, wait a minute, we need to uh, kind of discuss this further. And so we brought a guest in uh, back then, um, someone who voted for Trump and also a friend of mine. His name's Jeff Thomas. And we had a pretty lively discussion, uh, I think, between the, uh, really, between between Reed, you, and Jeff. And I tried to be the moderator as far as uh, my political leanings. I'm pretty much middle of the road. Um, and so it was an interesting conversation. I really encourage people to go back and l- listen to it. It's called Why 50 Million People Voted for Trump. Uh, it's been one of our most popular listened to oh, podcasts. Um, I think the topic alone is just, you know, people are fascinated with it. I um, rarely go back and listen because I don't like the sound of my own voice. You've said that before. To be honest. Um, but I did go back at one point and listen to this one just because I was curious as to what we had all said. Like, I wonder, and it was probably, you know, six months in to the presidency, and mm-hmm. I was just like, I wonder if we were way off base, if people were, not me, or just in, everybody in the room. Yeah, what the conversation Just what like, the conversation yeah, was, yeah, yeah. and how accurate it was to what actually started playing out. Right, right. So, I mean, I think, you know, you reached out to me and said, hey, it's been about a year, why don't we kind of re, re, uh, rehash that? And we talked about maybe just playing the podcast and, um, and listening to the snippets of it, and you and I just kind of analyzing it. And I thought, you know, I really think we should just revisit bring jeff back in and have another conversation a fresh new conversation about where we are one year into it um so i'm gonna um discuss that process a little bit um it's interesting you know one of the things that we we've talked about a lot of things in politics and um the brain we talked about um group dynamics we did a lot of build up before that um podcast and so back in the summer we had four or five series of podcasts um, talked about social science. We had a couple of political scientists in to talk about things, trying to understand the psychology behind where our, where our country is today on politics. Obviously, that's near and dear to my heart is where our psychology is as a you know country. Um, as part of that, I'd like to to uh, introduce Jeff and then go to something that actually was kind of behind the scenes before this show. So let's introduce Jeff. JT he goes by for many who know him closely. Jeff, welcome to the show. Glad to be back. Now, wait a second. I didn't know I was supposed to call you JT. <laughs> oh, well, you're only on the inner circle. You're not. You're in the out group still. You, you call me Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and there we go. And there we go. The group, the, the, the group line has been drawn. 
Or Mr. Thomas. Be Mr. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was a good show. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so, uh, you know, one of the things I, I, I thought was interesting, I'm just going to go straight for the juggler right now as far as the emotional topic or the, the elephant in the living room. Let me put it that way. Um, when I threw out the idea of bringing Jeff back on um, behind the scenes, honestly, Will and Reed had some hesitation. Um, and so I'd like to actually just discuss that a little bit because I think what I think this show can embody, uh, this particular show, um, and the way we approach this is two, si- two people who think differently coming together to have a conversation. It's something that's not happening a lot in our country. We're having arguments. Well, at least not on a productive level. Where, exactly. We're not really having a meaningful conversation. So to me, getting to that conversation in part, we have to talk about some of our, our inner uh, feelings about the other side a little bit. So I'm going to just lead with that and say, you know, when, we first, when I first threw this up as an option, there was some hesitation. Um, so if and you feel a lot of it really was from Reed. I, I gave mine, but, but so I, it is gonna be weird for me to speak for and, Reed. And no, you said you wanted to speak for Reed, so now he's not here to defend himself. Know, it's the perfectly was, perfect brotherly time to do this now, right? So, yeah, yeah, except I don't remember exact, his exact. You, know. you don't have to speak for him. Just there was some resistance um, from I think both. It was stronger with Reed. Uh, I think with some of um, bringing somebody on who had these had had some Id- certain ideas. I think that again it's kind of because there's some assumptions made now i know jeff a lot more a lot better than you guys know him right right you met him once talked about a very controversial topic and so you've got i think this mental image of what you think someone who voted for trump and someone who espoused some of the things jeff espoused a year ago thinks about things in general i just think that's the way people work in general is they, they start making assumptions when you don't know someone you're kind of oh, what's this guy about so maybe we can just go to that a little bit about what are some of the assumptions or anything that kind of graded you or, or, or offended you even. Uh, not the offended, first time. yeah. Not offended at all? Uh, Last time? I, I don't know what could offend me. I mean, there may be things that I've got like emotional about, but not offended, I don't think. So even off air? Yeah, the off air, the one thing that you're referring to, I think, was the daughter about my comment, or the, sorry, the comment about my daughter yeah, crying. let's go there. Yeah, so my daughter. I feel like it kind of offended you a little bit. Now, mate, don't only put words in your mouth, but it, you didn't like it. Well, I didn't like it. I don't know that it offended. Yeah, okay, maybe. What, what did I say, by the way? Well, <laughs> I just was, you, it was off the air. You and I were just talking, and I was like, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a weird situation because my daughter, um, it wasn't about even politics. It was just about, I had been telling her because the way everything looked, the whole everybody thought that, you know, Hillary was probably going to win. And so it wasn't about Hillary Clinton. It was about the fact that a girl can do whatever she wants to do in life. And, there are no limitations for girls, and this was going to be a day that kind of proved that. And so when she woke up and found out, she cried. She's a seven-year-old girl, yeah. and she cried. Um, and I th- and you just kind of blew it off. And well, I mean, you just said you tell your daughter not to worry so much about things, and I do. And I was just like, oh man, because I just had to deal with my daughter crying, a seven-year-old. And I was like, that's a jerk thing to say. It was the way I took it. Yeah, you know what I mean. But we were also in very different places at the time, like. I was in this like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? We have a, you know, narcissistic reality star has been voted president. And and on your side, 
you were happy because the guy you had supported had been voted president. So you and I were in two totally separate places. So I don't even think you're trying to come across as a jerk. I think we were just in such separate places that night that, you know what I mean? So it's interesting. So let me just stop right there. Okay. Excellent lead in. Um, you felt like he was a jerk. It's interesting that you then... Well, I don't feel like he's a jerk. I felt oh, like that you comment. thought the comment was a jerk. You, you didn't like it. Just right. tell him what it is. Yeah, yeah. So much so that you, you hesitated with bringing him back on. Not just because of the comment, but it's like, nah, I don't know that I want to... It, wasn't, it didn't sit well with you. But interestingly, in your presentation to Jeff, you also then undid it and said... You, you started saying, well, what he was thinking and you're trying to make it okay. Right? Well, let's let Jeff speak for Jeff. So let's go to Jeff now and and respond to his will's comment that yeah, kind of he's offended by that what are your thoughts what what's your response to will i i would agree that we were probably in two different places but um i guess i'm handicapped in that i raised two sons too so right uh, I, it probably was a jerk comment if i had a daughter i probably would have said something different you know but um anyway i apologize for offending you by the way well thanks it and again I, I think there's something weird about the word like i'm offended because just because I don't like something doesn't mean I'm offended by it. Does that make sense? Yeah, come up with a better word if you want. I don't know. I don't know what it well, is. Well, if you, if you didn't want me to come back, you felt offended. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to. I'm going to call that spade what it is. <laughs> I mean, but here's the thing. I didn't have my feelings hurt. Do you understand? I just felt like, huh, maybe I don't want to give that any more credence. That was my whole thing. Right, okay. Was just like, he's not taking this seriously. Like, I thought this was a serious conversation we were having about serious stuff happening in the country. And I thought Jeff was a little bit more flippant about the whole thing. Uh, right. I personally yeah, was not was. offended. Is that Okay, but you like, got offended. You were maybe offended on your daughter's behalf. I mean, you, it, it, right. I don't know that we need to. I, I don't. I think here's the thing. I think that term, oh, people are easily offended and all that has been now turned into this whole like snowflake and people are sensitive and whatever. That was <laughs> We won't the, call you sensitive, Will. Is that, is, it, is that the problem? Are we well, offending you by calling you sensitive? <laughs> I think that people use the term offended to make fun of people you. now as being sensitive, you. and I'm not sensitive to it. I was just like pissed, basically. Okay, there we go. Let's so go does that make more motion. sense? Yeah, like, you were angry. I wasn't he like, said oh, some, he it's was, not fair that he said Would you say that. he was, what were you angry about? I'm very protective of my daughter and her feelings. Of and so I just felt like, man, that was a, I don't know. There you go. Okay. Well, and, and you probably don't like Trump a lot. So Not here, here it comes out of a Trump guy's mouth, too. That probably didn't help at all, you know. Yeah, and I mean, well, I guess. But here's the thing. Remember, Jeff and I had hung out one time before that and had a great time. We hung out at Good People. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You had met each other once before yeah. that when we were talking about how to do a podcast. Actually, yeah. Will and Reed helped help me figure out how to do the podcast and jeff's part of that he's been some on some of my podcasts as a co-thinker so um yeah i mean you knew him so what's your point with that um just well just that earlier we went he over didn't that pitch off said, the first time Is that you said that the first time we'd ever met was when we had that <laughs> oh i guess and i'd yeah, actually yeah, hung yeah. out with him before yeah. and and so have a, a good opinion of jeff it wasn't like Right, you know he I mean? wasn't just brand new, that's right. And you so for me, more than yeah. anything, it was just like, ah, is this going to be a productive conversation? We just already had it, like, I don't know. Talking yeah. about today's conversation? Correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you, because productive because you're thinking you think so differently it can't be productive? I don't know. I think last time I didn't feel like it was incredibly productive. Hmm. Really? Right? We got people talking about the topic. Yeah, it's one of the most it was listened a popular, to. Yeah, it was a popular one. And we had people respond to say, you know what? That's one of the f first times I've heard people on opposite sides actually sit down and have a conversation about it. So to me, it was v maybe we didn't 
come to any great, um, you know, uh, understanding or leaving statements that were profound. But I think what we're doing is leading by example that people on opposite poles of this opinion and these Republican, Democrat, or I know, Will, you're more moderate, moderate libertarian even maybe. Yeah, I mean, I certainly try We're, to not identify with any political party. Right. I think point is, is we need to have these personal conversations and not put people into groups and identify them as a group. We need to identify people as individuals. And so the I think, and and I'm, I'm partly parroting, but I also think similarly to some of the things I hear from Jonathan Haidt, H-A-I-D-T, and we talked about his um, um, political th- thoughts in the past. He's a social scientist um, at NYU. Um, but I think to break down groups, you have to f- focus on individual conversations. And so that's, I think, the success last time. And just getting you two guys back to the table again is to lead by example to say, you know what, let's talk. Let's have both sides discuss something. Because right now, if you turn on the TV or the radio, depending on what channel you're listening to, you get fed one line. You get fed the Republican line or you get fed the Democratic line. I feel I, I've kind of stopped listening to the, the mainstream media. Obviously not it's a very smart BMR. Media. It's beautiful. But because they just pushed an agenda. It's fascinating. If you just sit back with a – if you can truly be objective, which is hard for people, and sit back and just go flip back and forth – between, um, you know, Fox and, you know, pick your, your uh, Jeff, which, what would you say the most liberal? Uh, MSNBC? MSNBC or okay. CNN. So flick, flip between Fox and MSNBC on the same topic the same night. Just go back and forth. It's fascinating. They'll take the same bit of information, completely, two completely different stories. I'm sorry, they both can't be right. It's somewhere in between, most likely. So I think that's what we're emulating here. So I do think we're doing something successful, even though we may not have a uh, you know thesis paper on our hands at the end of it. So let's cool. take a break. Yeah, let's take a quick break, uh, and then we'll come back and get right into it now that we've established I'm not offended. <laughs> <laughs> this hour of Over the Radio. <laughs> we are looking back from a year ago. Dr. Mark Westfall here with me. As he was, uh, of course, as he is each month. You can find these segments at Let's Think On It, wherever you find podcasts. Uh, but a year ago, we talked about, it was right after the, the election, and we had um, someone who had voted for Donald Trump, Jeff Thomas, on the show. Jeff joins us now again, looking back a year later. And, uh, you know, where are we going with us, Dr. Mark? Well, so let me move it a little bit. I had you guys do some homework before you came in. I understand you both did your homework. It's awesome. It's a rare thing for me, getting homework, <laughs> getting homework done. <laughs> And had homework in a long time, I know, right? <laughs> Especially so, some that I got done. So, <laughs> so um, what I had you do, um, just in an overview, and listeners at home can do this too. It's I think it's just more exploration into how you think. This is not the end all, be all of defining of who you are as a in your um, political ideas, but it's just interesting. And this is partly comes from um, some of the uh, Jonathan Haidt, um, H-A-I-D-T. Um, morals.org um, we talked about this last summer summer of 2016 so if you want to go listen to that please do um, there was there's a series of questionnaires you can take on that site it's www.yourmorals.org um, the two tests I had you take one was the moral foundations the other was attitudes towards two political parties let's talk about the attitudes 
towards two political parties first. And so essentially there's a series of questions and very stereotyped um, uh, labels or descriptions of, of the stereotypical, and again, these are stereotypes. This is not true traits. These are the stereotype traits. But they listed stereotype traits of both Republicans and Democrats and then kind of asked how you felt about them in a, on a gradient. And so at the end of it, you come up with a rating um, on a plus six to minus six scale. That's not good or bad. Plus and not, minus are not positive, negative. It's just a range, like a timeline. Um, and so zero would be you're completely neutral about either Democrats or Republican stereotypes. Stereotypes, that's important. Um, so up to six on the plus side would be very pro stereotypes of Democrats and very anti-stereotypes of Republicans. And negative six on this scale is very pro Republican stereotypes and very negative on the Democrat stereotypes. So how did you guys score? I was a 2.5. 2.5 in the on plus. the plus side, which means leans towards you're, you're less offended by Democratic stereotypes than you are by Republican stereotypes. You are more offended, and I know you don't want to like the word offended, but you're more, uh, you like it, okay, or dislike. We'll right. use that since you don't like offended. You like or, or put off less by Democratic stereotypes and more put off by the stereotypes of Republicans, meaning those stereotypes turn you off. Okay. Yep. Jeff? Minus 0.5. Minus 0.5 <clears throat> means he is just barely off neutral on Democratic and Republican stereotypes as far as how they affect him, you know, his uh, like or dislike of them. So what do you guys think about those numbers? Any comments? All right. So it, it's kind of interesting on this particular one because I've I've had a lot of conversations with the Republican friends of mine that I know, which most of them are like me. They they It's like we don't get emotional about it. Uh, one way or the other you know if Hillary would have won I'm still going to get up and go to work the next day and do everything I can to make money right it's I'm just going to deal with the rules that are that are given to me right uh, the fact that Trump won is like this big shot in the arm because the markets have blown up and business is doing really well and as a result you know uh, our business does well and and our families do well etc able to spend more money doing whatever and which is, don't get me wrong, I've got some friends that probably would rate very negative six, if you will, but that's that's the exception more so than the rule. And I don't know if that's the case in the Democrat society or not. You know, it seems to me, my 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 impression is, is that Democrats hate Trump more than we hated Hillary, you know, if you will. So, But I I could be completely wrong on that. That's just my take. So, Well, it's interesting. Re- refresh my um, – I want to come back to that point in a minute. I want to hear um, Will's side, but there's an interesting thing I think we'll get to in the next segment that will indicate why you're okay with whoever's in power. Not okay with it, but why you just kind of move on. Um, All right, Will, what are your thoughts on the numbers and and the test in general? Right. Yeah, so, you know, I just don't like politicians. I'm very open about that, like, on either side, for the most part. Um, I don't identify with a political party. I think it is insane if anybody would ever just click like, oh, I'm going to vote for all just straight party lines. Like, yeah, I look at an issue and issue by issue is how I decide on the way I feel about something. Um, so there's no way that I would ever want to be put in a category of like, oh, yeah, you're, you're this way or this way. Right. Um, and when I went through the test and when it would say things like, do you think, you know, do you agree or disagree that 
the parties working together on a bill makes for a better bill. I like strongly as strong as you can agree with that. I don't think it's good for just Democrats to do something or just Republicans. I think working together or like I said, like one of the questions was, do you think the country would be a better place if all Republicans packed their bags and left? No, I strongly disagree with that. I think that's ridiculous. I think that's what makes a good society is to have, mm-hmm. you know, um, countering views and to be able to work together on stuff. Uh, so, so I was a little bit surprised to see that it was, I don't well, think 2.5 is a big. Again, that's, that's kind of how the stereotypes hit you. Right. Not, not necessarily where you are as far as which party you belong to. It's how you kind of react to those stereotypical comments on either right. side. There was another part of the survey, if, if we move on down to the, the liking for the yin and yang in politics. Did you get that number? Yeah, which, you know, I'd missed that initially. It is here, yeah. Which mine is off the charts on this. What is yours? Um, a seven. Seven. Do you, did five, you get yours? Five, 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 five. Okay. So what is so that? So what that is, and, and what? give me the numbers. It's from zero to seven or something. Yes, yeah, so it looks Give like me the numbers a, for the, the uh, conservative Republican and the liberal Democrat. Conservative Republicans going to be a three point three, uh-huh. and, and Democrats going to be a four point two. Okay, so they're not far so off. The tradi- right, exactly. So the the dyed in the wool Republican or dyed in the wool Democrat um, scored between three and four in, on there for thinking it is good to have two opposing parties to come to to a conclusion uh, or decision. Both of you scored much higher than that, meaning that you think at some level that differences are actually good in the political system. We need opposing opinions, which is probably why you both agreed to actually sit down and talk to each other. There are many people who supported both sides that wouldn't do that. They literally just, I can't do that because I don't think anything you have to say is worthy of listening to. And so both of you scored, and uh, Will, you scored very high, and Jeff, you scored high as well. It only goes to a seven, so who knows? I could have been an 11. (laughs) (laughs) I just stopped at the top there. What was that movie? Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap, thank you, where everything goes to 11. uh, What year is that? That's a flashback. And if you haven't seen it, I'm trying to think of that would have been late 70s, early 80s. But yeah, Nigel Tufnell was the character there. So they're, yeah. Anyway, their amplifiers went to everybody's goes to zero to 10 on the normal scale, right? For some reason, these marshals went to 11. Theirs goes to 11. <laughs> it's just one, one, one level up one than higher. everybody else. All right. So, so both of you essentially think that it, at some level, that it's good to have opposing opinions and you don't think that one party should just completely rule. Now, that's, that's what the numbers showed. What do you actually believe on that's that a, statement? That's exactly what I believe. Yeah. Same. Yeah. So, you know, the, I mean, do, or, yeah, otherwise you have an autocracy. Or, yeah, I mean exactly. So one of the concerns that a lot of people have, and I think this is what Jonathan Haidt talks about, and what I certainly talk about, is the concern that we have developed these two groups or tribes, and that's part of our innate genetic drive. Okay, we survived by taking care of the group first. Okay, if there's an out group or an opposing group, we band together, we get over our differences, even though you may have, you know stepped across my property line, if there's a stranger out there that's threatening our way of existence, you and I are going to join and go fight that stranger, okay? That, that is what we do as humans. We're tribal. Well, that continues to, to um, be distilled into what we do every day. We develop sports teams with that same approach. Um, and so politics is, is kind of falling into that same area now. It's not people working together for a common goal. It's 
I'm on this side, you're on that side. I got to get reelected again, so I got to be against you. I got to get reelected again on my side, so I got to be against you. And we've gotten into these two groups that are getting more and more opposed and further and further apart. The core, I'm talking about the core supporters of the Democratic and Republican leaders. And so what happens then is, and we had this from the, the um, Natalie Davis from Birmingham Southern, she says what happens, the reason this keeps, we keep getting candidates that are so polarized is that to get through the primary process, the people that vote in the primary polls are really the, the, the dyed-in-the-wool Democrats and Republicans. Mm. Most people in the middle, they don't stop and take the time to go vote in primaries, honestly. Mm. They just don't show up. So to win a primary, you've got to be an extremist. So then when it comes to general election, the people in there are like, why do we have these options? How did we get to these two people? It's because they had to get through the primaries and, and get the, the dyed-in-the-wool groups vote first, and then they go to the masses. And so we get it's, a, it's kind of part of our process. It's a bizarre process. It's worked throughout the years, but we're getting more and more opposed at this point. I don't have the political answer to that, but I, I see that as a group problem, and to me that's a group psychological, psychodynamic problem we have right now between the two sides. Yeah, a lot of the questions also, well, maybe it was in the other one about like loyalty to groups and whatever, which I I don't know how, we haven't got to that we'll one We'll go yet. that one next segment. But yeah, I definitely was like, ooh, no. Because I mean, what if you got to have your own individual, I don't know. That, like, that's what, drives me, so that's, that's what drives me crazy <laughs> about political parties is a senator may not feel the same way that the president on that's on his side feels but has to vote that way like no no well, yeah you see and i don't it. mean that with the current situation of the oh you see it in general. the senate and the house all the time when whenever there's a vote comes up it's like party line 48 for 51 against or vice versa i'm like surely you can't all think that way about everything you've got to you know you got to stop and think together and come up with a solution that's in the middle and without calling anyone out and i won't say that this was even in our state uh, but recently it came up and somebody said, hey, do you know um, the senator, the certain senator? And I said, uh, yeah, or no, maybe it's a congressman from somewhere. And I said, yeah, actually, back in, I met him. And, and he's like, you like him? I was like, no, you know, here's the thing. Uh, politically, I, I can't because he's just such a Trump guy, like through and through. Um, he's he like, said that? The guy, his okay. friend okay. that knew him. And he's like, oh, funny enough, he can't stand Trump. He's like, it's just a thing to keep his job. And this yeah. is a guy who spent lots of time with him. He's like, yeah, he can't stand him. Thinks he's a joke. He's like, but that's politics. That's what he's doing Currently. to keep his well, job. I, actually, one of the things I do like that's going on with Trump is that he's calling so many people out, which I don't necessarily agree with. But the one thing it is doing is it's making a lot of these guys start speaking their own mind. Right. That's an interesting. I, I agree with that dynamic. What seems to happen is some of the it, it's. They're not all party line. They're talking about how they really feel, even if it's opposing Trump, even if it's a Republican opposing Trump. I'm not saying it's all like everybody's trying to keep their job necessarily. It is definitely stirring things up. Yeah. And I think, honestly, I mean, from the conversation we had, let me put words in your mouth, Jeff, but I think that's part of the reason you liked Trump was that he was an outsider Absolutely. and you wanted someone to stir up the political pot because two sides had gotten to just, you know, one side against the other. Is that accurate? That, that is. It is kind of strange that guys quit before they start calling him out. But, you know. <laughs> well, that's yeah. right. Honestly, they quit, about and then they start speaking their mind, right? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it drives me and insane. so I think, you know. And then, like, you know, 
Paul Ryan, I guess it was about Flake, about that speech, Paul Ryan saying, um, when somebody said, do you agree with Flake or not? And he said, oh, nobody cares what I think about this. Like, dude, you're the speaker of the house. What do you mean nobody cares about what you think about it? That means I don't want anybody to know what I think about it. (laughs) Because I still have my job. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Hey, we're up against Okay. Let's take a quick break. When we come back more with Dr. Mark Westfall, we're discussing politics and how we can all get along, which we can, clearly. Uh, we're here hanging out with Dr. Mark Westfall as we do once a month. You can find all these segments online under the podcast, Let's Think On It. Last year, go back and find the one from November 10th. We had talked about just days after the election. We had um, someone here who had voted for Donald Trump, and so we just wanted to find out because, you know, a different view from the one we had. It was a very interesting conversation, um, and Jeff actually joins us now again this year. Welcome back, Jeff. Of course, glad to have you here. And um, we took these tests always making me work over here, Dr. <laughs> Westfall. Uh, we took some tests and we're going through those now. Uh, basically about kind of tells us how we feel even if we didn't know it, I guess. Yeah, you know, it, yeah. It, it, well, it objectifies some of how you might think. So briefly, the next one, let's go about, it's the uh, Moral Foundations and you can take this online again at um, yourmorals.org. Okay, thanks. Say it again. Yourmorals.org. Okay. Um, so the next one I had you take was the Moral Foundations. I'm going to kind of abbreviate this. We've touched base on this before in the past um, 2016 summer. Um, essentially, there are five categories that, and this is the research that Jonathan Haidt does, is about moral uh, concerns of societies and about how we f- express our moral interests. So this is kind of what he does deep research on. This is kind of his bailiwick. So um, he and his team have, have looking through different societies around the world and throughout time have kind of boiled it down to five areas that people feel strongly about. Everyone feels strongly about these five areas, but how strongly you feel about them is on a range. And the areas are harm or care. So we, we care about people harming each other or taking care of each other. The next category is fairness. We tend to care about fairness. We have the Bill of Rights and whatnot. Loyalty, and that's group loyalty. That's not necessarily, and that's, well, we'll just leave it. Loyalty to your group. You can go into detail if you want to look online. Authority, and that is not um, to be heard as um, someone misdirecting authority on someone or or being overpowering someone. It is um, how you respect authority. So coaches, teams, Hmm. uh, coaches of teams, uh, professors, leaders, and what you do with people who are in authority position, how, how, you, how important is that to, um, to your ideal of things? And the last category is purity or sanctity, and that is essentially how cultures um, deal with things like sexuality, um, like bathrooms, like um, um, marriage, uh, the things that we think uh, are pure or sanct. What do you do? What do you put in your body? Um, so there's a big movement like you know, um, uh, eating only pure organic vegetables. All this, that's, that's, that would fall under purity. So it's not just about, like, um, you know, sexuality, which is where people think about initially. It's just a broad range of things that fall under, um, you know, the purity of things you put in your body and what you do with your body, okay? So five categories. And then you go through this list of questions, and you, then you come out with how strongly, uh, when, when something comes in conflict with that category, how strongly you, you hold to that category, okay? And so you put each of these categories on a range. 
Now, they then, before the test starts, they have you essentially um, describe yourself politically and, and socially as far as conservative or liberal. So you kind of rate yourself. So there's, you know, it's, there's, you got to be forthcoming on this or it's not going to be very valid. But they've done this across many countries. So thousands of people have done it. And they're coming up with some numbers uh, for the people that rate themselves as very socially conservative. This is not necessarily Republican because it's anywhere in the world, um, whatever party that might be in that world. But if you're socially and politically conservative versus socially and or politically liberal, um, they've come up with some numbers of where you stand on these five categories, okay? And some things are starting to show themselves for people who are very far on the right or left, if we'll use those words, um, for where you stand on harm, fairness, loyalty, authority, and purity. You may rank them differently in order of importance. And one of the interesting things that's come out is that people who are far left highly rank harm and fairness. Those are the two most principles that drive the far left. The far right are also driven by that, but not as out of proportion to the other other three. So for far left, the harm and fairness are like in the 3.5, 3.7, 3.8 range. Um, and the other three are 2.2 and below okay which the chart goes up to five so those are so pretty zero to five yeah pretty so big difference pretty big difference yeah. right from zero to five so it's in the 3.8 range down to the 2.2 range and for the for the for the far right their numbers are all almost exactly the same they're almost at 3.0 so they kind of rank everything very similar but if you look at some differences where they and this is what i want to get back to with, with jt the far left put loyalty and authority and purity further down. They're in the two range, whereas authority is important for the red range. Now, Jeff, what did you score on authority and loyalty? Uh, authority, 3.7. 3.7. So he's higher than the typical conservative far right. What did you score on harm and fairness? Uh, harm and fairness, 3.3. Three on harm and two five on fairness okay so pretty high on harm fairness is low and again it's not that you don't value fairness i want people to understand that it is a level of priority okay and so when you earlier said you would take whoever was in office whether it's hillary or trump and you go to work it's because you value authority you Things went as they were, and you value. We have someone there. All right, let's. This is these are the facts I have to deal with. Let's deal with them. At work, you have a, a boss. This is the boss I have. I got to deal with it. And so, authority m means more to you than to Will, who's what was your authority number? Well, here's the thing. I, I it was low. It was a one point five. But I need to wow. explain. But here's the thing. Like the way you explained this coming in was like respecting teachers and police and your coaches which is like my number one thing with my children. Yes, ma'am, no ma'am, yes sir, no sir. There's a sign on my wall at home. Uh, respecting the coaches and teachers is more important to me than the actual grade that they get on the report right. card. So these are things that I hold like really dear to my heart. Uh, law enforcement, my grandfather's in law enforcement, my uncle. These are things that I always say, like if you are pulled over here, the first thing you say is you know ma'am sir right. you're polite uh so i never looked at those questions in that way at all well what so, i looked at them in and, and i've looked at it with a real chip on my shoulder currently <laughs> because i looked at it as 
you got to go along with the leader no matter what. Well, it forces you in that direction. That is a good point, okay? And, I, and that's why I encourage people to take the test because I can't really characterize this test in 60 seconds. I tried to kind of give a, a characterization. It does force you into some of the questions become a little bit more, and I don't, you don't like the word offensive, but a little more, it, it, it's what, what does it trigger in you? And some of those questions are very, well, you got to go with authority no matter what kind of thing, which is exactly where um, I think the split is and where a lot of, of people who, who rank low on that authority. It's, again, it's not that they don't value authority. These are five things that every culture values and most every person in that culture values. So it's, not a, it's a relative value. It's not that you don't value it, um, but it's that authority is not going to, you're not going to take authority over harm or fairness. If authority starts to harm or be unfair in your Correct. eyes, you're going to not go with authority. So Which it's is a the, ranking that's a, thing. That's the way I looked at it, pure and simple, yep. was and, that. And that showed out. Like if, I, if the word sir or ma'am or any of that would have ever been brought up, completely different story. Like even if my children have a coach that uh, is a complete jerk, right? Somebody I think is not doing a great job and he's not a good role model. I expect them to say, yes, sir, no, sir, to him. And then we'll deal with it and figure out a good way to, you know, to make it a, le- a life lesson. Mm-hmm. I-, I would never, I, my children, no. You do not disrespect elders right. or authority. And respect is one part of authority, but Com- not the whole right. part. So I never read any of that into these questions. I read it as if authority is doing something that is harmful or, you know, not right. fair, I'd say yep. I don't think you have to go along with that. And I think it's important to recognize, and, and I, I don't use a lot of, you know, personality testing in my work and whatnot, and you bring up a point that I want to I really hone in on for a second. You cannot boil people down to a number, okay? People are very complex, and that's why you have to get to know the individual because where you score on that, and I can tell by the way you're reacting, is that, wait, wait, that doesn't really represent the way I, I feel, in the and description that you get. Exactly. Yeah. And that's very important to recognize that none of these tests are are specific enough to define who you are. Okay? You are an individual, and we're very complex human beings, and there's no way we can boil ourselves down to a number. I use these tests when you give them to thousands of people, then you kind of see some of the megadata, so to speak, that where trends are. and and it's to help you understand that there are people in the world who are constructed differently than you so that they may value authority or loyalty higher than total fairness to everyone and you have to recognize that that is that is a type of individual that exists and that it's important to understand what they prioritize i think that that's what's happened with our political arena is that people are tapping into a few of those things on either side and then really pushing those agendas. So if I know that someone is high on the authority and loyal numbers, then I can say, well, I'm going to start, if I want to like put you out of the running in this political race, I'm going to start saying that you've somehow done something that's not loyal or that somehow you're not a good, you're not, you don't have good authority on something. So you're going to ch- you, you're going to show the other person as being unable to to demonstrate the values that you know your base likes, and that's what happens is people start 
kind of using these emotional or these um, not emotional, but these these innate traits that you're kind of born with. Some people think that some of this may be that you may be born genetically to think in these ways of what is important, where you value things. Obviously, part of it's learned. You come in with a template that's then altered by your environment. But some of this is just the way people think. And so we get people, we get a society that currently is 50-50 on this scale that we just did. So it, it's, it, it's interesting to, to start thinking about people just think differently. It's not right or wrong. And so then if you think about it that way, both of you think that there is importance to have right and left-sided thinking because you scored high on the yin-yang the yin yang is two opposite opposing forces living in combination together, living in unity together. Both of you scored high on that, which means you got to start understanding what the other person thinks because you're going to be living with each other a long time if you think we need to stay that way. Which, by the way, um, we're going to blow through this break. So, this hour of Over the Radio is brought to you by Good People Brewing Company. Good People Brewing, the most happening business in Birmingham. Uh, let's just keep going. There's no okay. reason to so, waste time. You know, the yin yang, let's, this is, so any response to all that? That's kind of said a lot about the, let's wrap up this segment of the moral foundations and stuff. I mean, yeah, and well, and also, though, I, I think I want to clarify too, like on purity, I scored super low on that as well, only because, like, I, fi- I think of myself as being a morally stable person, right? There were a lot of words they used, like disgusting. And I was like, well, what does that even mean? What are they talking about disgusting? Because it didn't clarify at all. And I just don't think that morality, every, people's morality can be different. Like, like Roy Moore, you know, he had his business, and it is a business no matter how you look at it, is the foundation for moral law. Yet I think that's one of the most hateful people that we have in our society right now. I mean, that's someone who, why? Well, his platform is to oppress people that don't feel the way he does. That's the fact. I mean, there's and, no, and, there's no and way that probably around seems, that. He'll, and he'll raise his hand and say, yes, because God tells me to do that. And that seems unfair and, and immoral. <laughs> well, okay. But you're, you're, you're putting most of your moral. I'm trying to be specific on why yeah. it's immoral because moral is a broad term. Right. I think that in particular sounds to be like, it's unfair. He's a he. He's segregate. He, he is he, right. He's yeah, yeah, absolutely. Judgmental and saying this this group wins out and these people don't. So it seems unfair. Is that that's correct? Yeah. yeah, that's correct. Right. But also like, hmm. So yeah, but I mean a lot of that like homosexuality. I mean because the questions were geared towards that. Okay. Some of them for sure. Um, you know, different religions think yeah. have different sets of morals. So I just don't think there's well, any way uh, I can morals as it pertains to. Sexuality, correct. One of the things, yes. Okay, right. Yeah. So I'm just trying to get specific because that's that's one of the areas of one of the five areas of morality. If you think about, it, I, I encourage you to think about everything you you have an issue with. Try to put it in one of those five categories. Yeah, I just okay. I felt like the test was a little bit gearing towards like morality being exclusive to religion, or but I don't know, and I I don't see it that way at all. No, I, yeah, this is this his approach to morality studies has is cross religion cross culture it is not specific for any religion or so again was probably this is probably me with a chip on my shoulder taking the test because of current situations it well, did feel like at times he was throwing a question at you that was just going to that he was trying to jab right. at something yeah, right? yeah, yeah you know he's trying to find the weak spot and they were so broad yeah. the yeah. questions were yeah. so broad they are very broad um but it was like well wait a second what does it even mean here? But anyway. So. Yeah, those are called forced choice kind of. This is really a scale, but forced choice is one or the other. But but when, when a question has you like, I don't really like any answer, mm-hmm. right. but you have to pick one, 
then it's kind of like remember that implicit bias sure. test we took. Yeah. It's if you're forced to pick one, then it does say something about you. Um, even though you don't fully agree with the statement, it still says where you when it, when it comes down to it, where are you going to lean a little bit on that particular thing? And I agree, I don't like taking that kind of test honestly, uh, so I, I feel bad giving it to you, but. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> but it does force you to show a little bit of how you feel. And actually, it fascinating enough, if I looked at your five categories, Will, and your five categories, Jeff, I could probably tell you, if you hadn't told me, if I never met you and just looked at those numbers, I could tell you whether you tend to go right or left on your social and political thoughts, which is kind of what the point of the test is. It's like, mm, it kind of ferreted something out because, Will, you answered like most people on the liberal side of things and Jeff you answered like most people on the conservative side of things so they're picking something yeah I think the only yeah, the only one out of the whole thing that makes me go like eh now wait a second was the authority one yeah. because like I wasn't being facetious when I said there's a sign on the wall at my house as a reminder it's, an art, it's a piece of art that says yes ma'am no ma'am yes sir no sir uh, because it respect and respecting authority is a big deal to me yeah. just yeah. not you know, not well, in like you a know, dictator. You can take or, it more than once. So if you go in and think about, wait a minute, okay, well, where is he? Where is he really going with this? Try it again. See how you say it scored a second time. I mean, but um, in general, I think the trends are are coming through. So um, I want to go to the last assignment, but you want to take a quick break and come back? Um, no. So we'll have we got five minutes left in this first hour because our next guest is okay, here. Okay, let's do this then. Oh. Um, three things you think Trump has done well and three things he hasn't done well i asked both of you to do that now. so let's this go to the the opposing side first just because i know that's gonna be the harder I, I think i can kind of guess what you think he's jeff i think well start off what do you got what did he do well what did he not do well oh uh, so you you gave us the assignment of three of each but i've got four really on the well and three on the not well uh so what does I, that say i'm just kidding well no, yeah, <laughs> I, I do think he's inspired and motivated the business community Okay, and, and uh, the stock markets are kind of a reflection of that, and and the fact I do believe that that a lot of businesses are spending more money. Um, he's doing what he said he would do. He's he's really taken on taxes. He's taken on health care. I'm not saying he's been extremely successful on either yet, but he's taken them on and he's pushing them to the forefront. And he he has created a discussion about it. Okay, and um, uh, and he's calling politicians out. That's kind of the drain the swamp thing. Do I like the way he's doing it? Hell no, but do do I, I like the fact he's doing it? Yes, okay. And then uh, I think he's doing a good job of negotiating. I mean, I know y'all probably don't don't like the way he's negotiating, but I truly believe, like with healthcare and taxes, he's he's trying to learn the system and negotiate within the framework that he's got. The system right? being the political system, you the mean? The political system, yeah. yeah. The fact that Congress has got to do a lot of this, right? It's he just can't do it by himself. So. Uh, you know, negotiating with, with, you know, North Korea. Do I like the way he's doing it? Not necessarily, but he's negotiating with them. He's making our point for us. But anyway. Okay. What are the three things you think he has not done well? Okay. Uh, name calling. I mean, come on, guy. I mean, he just calls people out and calling them names. Not calling them out, but calling them names. You know, the little everybody and all that kind of crap. Uh, being so defensive, very thin skin seems like, and being defensive and getting on Twitter and, you know, just talking about things he really, just move on. Just let all that happen behind you and keep your keep your focus. And, uh, and the bragging part, I mean, I just, it just feels wrong to me. Maybe that's just a, it's a New Yorker thing, but uh, I, I don't like all that, so. 
Okay. All right. This is well. really tough for me. <laughs> it's just really tough. Uh, and we can talk about it all day long. Like, especially if we go through each of those things, I think Jeff and I could have a pretty good talk about like, oh, well, mm-hmm. here's why maybe I disagree with that. Um, I just, I had trouble coming up with things that I think are really good. Because even like stock market clearly hitting some record numbers, like there's no denying that, except that it's been on a trend. And this, you know, was not something that just like, oh, all of a sudden, I mean, this is something if you look back four quarters ago, six quarters ago, I mean, this is a trend that have been taking place. Do you have anything you think he's done positive? Any positive statement about what Trump's done? I know that's the hardest part for you, so that's why I'm going there. Anything that you think you can say, okay, he's done this? No, and you know, before, when he was elected and before he took office, I listed things that I thought, hey, these could be really good things, and he hasn't done those things for me. And even when he came out and said, like, I'm going to do this, like, help with protections for um, LGBTQ. He has not done that. He's actually gone and done the opposite of what he said he was going to do there. So the things that I had listed beforehand haven't come to fruition. I know that sounds like I've just like sour grapes over here, but man, there's just not much that I have found redeeming, including all the way down to like the people that he's nominated for positions that seem to be just completely unqualified. Like, I don't know. And I, I know that's completely unproductive. It's not good for this conversation. It's just the truth though, that there's just, that I haven't been able to. And, and like the stuff with the North Korea, the tweeting and the calling, uh, uh, someone who is a complete lunatic dictator, right? Calling them names who, when they have nuclear weapons that they want, that they want to use it, you know, it's not good. It's not good. Um, I don't think he's honest, and that's not in any stretch. I mean, things he says just are not based in fact. He's, you know, narcissistic. He's, like Jeff said, thin-skinned. Just the okay. making fun of people. I mean, it's not just not presidential. It's not... Of the of the four things Jeff listed that he thought he'd, he'd done well, which one do you disagree with the least? That he's calling out politicians, but also... Hold, hold, hold on. This is, okay, so the one that he's calling out politicians. I don't think it's good. I think he is doing that. I'm agreeing with Jeff that he is calling out politicians. But he's calling out people like John McCain, who I think are kind of sticking by their guns and stuff they believe. So, w- you have a response to that, Jeff? On Which part of that? To debate that whole thing about the politicians. I'm trying to... I'm trying to see if there's any place that you can come I mean, I think any he's, agreement. he is calling out politicians. I just don't like the way he's doing it. And that's just, you know, I mean, it goes back to like, I don't think John McCain should be forced to vote for something that 12% of Americans actually like, you know, that health care bill, just because he's a Republican, which we talked about earlier. I, again, it goes back to, uh, I, I think just the fact he's challenging them, it's making them, them think differently than they were able to think before he challenged yeah. them. He's upset the status quo. Right. Is that would that the kind of the bottom line of what you're saying he's kind of upset the status quo and do you see any positive in that will um that that upsetting the status quo gets because i i think and that you before all this feel that there was some brokenness in the politics absolutely okay absolutely so is the thought that stirring up the status quo could have any do you think there's any positive ramifications that could come from someone coming in and just saying hey you know I don't agree. Yes, 100%. I don't think he's the guy or the way he's doing it is good for me, personally. That's just my feeling on it. I think 
yeah, that that's not a bad idea. We need to, you know, shake up the system a little bit, but I don't think you're doing it the way he's doing it. I mean, they're just personality wise. There could not be anybody further from, you know, my likes than, right. than okay. president Trump. And but, and I'm also not one of these people like not my president. Like I, he is my president. Yeah. I'm an American. This is my president. Right. Uh, and I, you know, love our freedom to be able to discuss it. And for me to be able to openly say like, man, I really wish he would stop calling insane dictators names on Twitter. So the area that you come together on that uh, we talked about before the, long before the election, and I think that both sides, um, both uh, sides of this this binary place we're in with, with politics, um, we're getting to is that people were tired of the politics as usual because of there, this. I'm on this side of the line. I'm on the and the other side's on this side of the line, and we're not getting much done. What I'm hearing from both of you, uh, both of you, even before this election happened, was you were wanting something to change with the status quo of politics. And I think that's why, uh, honestly, Bernie Sanders was so popular because he was, even though he's part of the, he's not truly an outsider, he was seemingly so because he wasn't the the Clinton right. group. And I think that's why both, uh, I think that's why Trump's in, I think that's why Bernie was so popular was that people were just tired of the status quo. And if we understand that, it really puts everybody back on the same team, which is what I get to, is that everybody really wants a change. Now, Will, you don't agree with the approach that Trump's taking. Jeff agrees part of it, not all of it. Um, but you may have different routes to get there, but you you actually both agree you want change in politics. You're tired of people being on either one side or the other. And the just to, to wrap it up, I think the danger is not having more conversations about it with someone from the other side because you're perpetuating that problem. And so you've got to stop and think about why is someone feeling this way, and and why is someone thinking this way? Um, it doesn't, and not put them into a um, uh, paint them one color red or blue. I mean that's just you know not where we need to be to me as a society to have these conversations. Jeff, thanks so much for being here, man. Absolutely, enjoy it. You. Are you guys on good terms now? <laughs> 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 We're never on bad terms. <laughs> We're going to do a bro hug. Uh, <laughs> oh, bro hug. All right. Goodness. All right. To listen to Dr. Mark Westfall live, check out O Brother Radio in Birmingham Mountain Radio, 107.3 FM in Birmingham, 97.5 in Tuscaloosa, at bhammountainradio.com, or on the free BMR app. Join in with your questions and comments on Twitter at Lockamy Brothers. <laughs>